This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my close pal, the man of the plan, the one only, Brooke Lopez. I mean, John Malik. <laughs> Before he asks Brooke, I mean, John, how he's doing today. Everyone, you know what it is. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't done so already, please make sure to do so. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We'll read it. If you also don't know, we're partnered with Minute Media and Fansize, so you can find this podcast through Minute Media, the Minute Media Podcast Network, and on Fansize through the Daily Knicks and the Jet Press. Because why? We talk Knicks, Jets, et cetera, but mainly Knicks and Jets. So, hey, you can find us over there on those websites. We're also on YouTube. Nick's coming, Jets coming, ETC period. No one writes out, et cetera. That's just wild. <laughs> Subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinions. Tell us if we're wrong, right? All the above. We want to know. We'll engage with you. We'll talk to you. Shout out to the regulars, I-95 Bully, Buda DePonta, all right? You guys are always holding it down in the comments. We appreciate it. And Sublime, whenever you're in there, we haven't seen you in a minute, but I'm sure you'll come back come back around. And while you're also over there, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, co-host and our guy, Chip Murphy. These guys go down everything. Football, basketball, hockey, baseball, golf, all levels. Rough, all rough levels. golf weekend. Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> rough golf I guess, weekend, I, I, I guess we got Brooke Lopez doing some gambling too, but it's all good. <laughs> you go over there, you can check them all out. These guys will break it down for you. If you need to put money down on the line, these guys will get got you covered. All right, but make sure to bet so bet responsibly. And last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. We are there. John, Mr. Malika, or for today, Mr. Brooke Lopez, because you partied. You are a wild partier out there. You got the voice of Brooke Lopez. Got some questions for you, Mr. Ro- Mr. Lopez. What's up, man? What's it, what's it like uh, playing with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo? Huh? Is it cool? What's he like in the locker room? <laughs> I don't know why this keeps happening to my voice, but here we are. Uh, you know, Giannis is good. He he's a weirdo. Brings in Oreos sometimes. Uh, talks to us, makes dad jokes. We just nod our heads because he drops forty five points a game, so we don't care. He can do whatever oh. he wants. Cool, cool. So, do you and Robin still make uh make comics anymore? Are you guys still doing that, or, or are you guys yeah, done yeah. with that? And and I beat up mascots now. Oh, okay, that's a new one. That's a new one. Who's who's yeah. the who's your least favorite mascot? Paul Biznasty from TNT, the mascot of the Hurricanes. That's Ooh. that's my least favorite mascot right now. Shout you out hear, to you, Paul Biznasty. You hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> Lopez doesn't like Biznasty. He doesn't like the NHL that much. But hey. No, he are. doesn't like business because he's a New York Rangers hater. Him and Whitney. And we're going to come back in this series, baby. Just for them. Brooke you heard Lopez. it here from Brooke Lopez. 
<laughs> Brooke Lopez being a New York <laughs> Rangers fan is something I was not expecting today. But enough with that. John, how are you feeling overall, man? Your voice, <laughs> it's gone once again. This is not the first time the listeners have heard Brooke Lopez on this podcast. Won't be but the hey. last. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to hear. We need it. We need this type of entertainment. But what's going on, bro? How was your weekend? Sounds like it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good weekend. Uh, summer's back in New York City. Voice is gone. But uh, it, was a, it was a good weekend, dude. The Rangers won. The Yankees are murdering. NBA playoffs is fun. NHL playoffs are fun. Uh, uh, everything's good. It's I have a wedding coming up. I'm best man at a wedding coming up this week. Ooh, so nice. my voice being lost is perfect timing. My whole family's in town. Got the grandpa from Egypt coming in through. Um, cousins from Australia. Everyone's coming. My brother's coming. Everybody's coming this week. It's going to be fun Memorial Day, but got to get through this week, man. Got to get through this week. How you doing? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate that you're rocking the New York Yankees postseason sweatshirt. Got to show the Yankee pride out there as well. Dude, the Yankees and the Rangers are the two things right now just keeping us alive. Yeah, and I mean, NYCFC. Yo, shout out to NYCFC for being the best team in the damn league, yo. I'm so hyped. I don't think they've lost a damn game. I think they tied one. I don't think they've lost a damn game since Jordan Griffith came on. So shout out to him, man. And shout out to Castellanos. He's about to be the top goal scorer. Man, New York City sports right now is looking okay, like like a four and a half out of ten. But, you know, for what it's worth, that's that's really optimistic. Lots of hopium for what it usually is. We usually like a one out of ten. That's a fact. That's a fact. But, hey, man, that's good for New York, right? Especially Yankees. You know, that's why I'm tuning in for New York. Doing Yankees are doing their damn thing. At least one of our teams is keeping up, keeping our, our hopes alive. And But for you, obviously, it's a lot more New York City Football Club. Going to start getting on that train. Got to start getting on that train with you guys. And then the Rangers. I'm not really a big hockey guy, but, hey, New York is thriving. That's all that matters, baby. But we ain't talking about those sports today. We got to talk about the one and only – New York Knicks. All right, because <laughs> chatter's going around, man. Chatter got stirred up today for two reasons. We're going to talk about those two reasons and then talk about some NBA playoffs. But let's start off with the first reason because it hits home, man. It hits home. Mr. Incarcerated Bob himself, who's <laughs> known to be right at times yep. on Twitter. He is broken. Twitter OG. Himself. Twitter OG, man. If you know, that's you a, know. That's a fact. If you know, you know. It's a fact. Uh, he, he tweeted out today. That the Knicks and Mitchell Robinson most likely will be parting ways. Uh, I'm as I'm pulling up the actual tweet, you know. Just so for those for those of you who don't know, he has been known to get in the mix for Knicks and Jets rumors, um, and sometimes Giants during the off seasons. I would say he's a Hall of Fame baseball average. Um, but that's not to say he's 100% uh, from the line. So we take it for what it's worth. However, I, I wouldn't just throw it away and say, who the hell is this guy? He's most of the time, like you said, Alex, he's, if he's not on point, he's damn near close. That's a fact. So here's the actual t- tweet. Knicks are parting ways with Mitchell Robinson. Could still be used in a sign-and-trade. Besides the injuries, I really enjoyed his progress each season. Wishing him well wherever he ends up. 
one of the second best, one of the best second round picks the franchise has made. Now we also had Jeremy Cohen shout out to friend of the pod. He said the sign and trade is a little difficult to do for, for Mitch. It's not impossible, but there are some leg, there is, there is some leg where it's not going to be, it, it, it may, it, it depends. I'm just going to leave at that. It's a little difficult, but that's all you need to know. Yo, shout uh, out to Jeremy, friend of the pod, the coincidence. He also has his, um, his YouTube under Nick's film school, his series called Cream Cap Rules Everything Around Me. It's actually a really good series. Um, he's killing it out there, man. He's, he's ready to pounce on you on Twitter. If you, if you give a trade that's going to hard cap the team, he's out here ready with the scenarios. Um, he's got the collective bargaining agreement down pat. So he says it depends, but I think he's mostly talking about with Dallas because everyone is pinning Mitch to Dallas. Yeah. So I think that's where it really depends. I mean, he could easily be signed and traded. But the Dallas thing gets complicated. It's just funny because I, I think people are on top of Dallas. One, obviously because the rumors were with uh, Jalen Brunson. And when you watch the Mavs, they just have no rim protection whatsoever. And then incarcerated Bob uh, continues to uh, stir the pot by retweeting stat news. Is, uh, the Mavs have been out-rebounded by 140 rebounds this playoffs. Then goes on to retweet that he also broke uh the Tom Thibodeau to the New York Knicks as number one head coach news back in 2020. So he, you know, you can't just brush away what I Ivy has said. You also you just gotta be like, all right, let's work with what we got and see what happens. But regardless of that, he put it out there. It's out there right now. And the last thing I will say that he added is that multiple teams are ready to throw uh multiple bags at Mitch. Knicks love Sims and also may draft a big plus Noel is kind of around. And this is not, this isn't saying that the Knicks don't like or want Mitch. It's the market that he will command and the price tag that has them making plans elsewhere. So it's more so the Knicks, not that they don't like Mitch. It's the fact that the money that he could be getting is a little too steep for their blood. So let's break it. Let's, let's get into this, man. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot being said about Mitchell Robinson right now and the thought process around there. So let's start off with, I don't know, let's start off with him, the, 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 the value that he could command from the market, right? Because as we're seeing right now, we see that, especially for a team like the Dallas Mavericks, rim protection is very important. You go out there, and in some matchups, you're able to go small. But then you watch games like against the Celtics, against the Miami Heat, and you see Bam Adebayo just going to town. And, you know, it looks like, hey, I wish I really had Robert Williams out there right now to go against Bam Adebayo. Or you start looking at the Mavs, who are playing uh, the Warriors. And they're like, hey, you know, it's we have... Dwight Powell, not doing yeah, it. Kevon Looney's kind of beasting on us, which is a weird <laughs> sentence to be saying. But it's this disgusting. is where you start... It's disgusting for the Western Conference Finals, but it's whatever. But this is where you start seeing. This is where you even brought up too, uh, John. You said you need two centers, or, or you you always talked about you need two centers, right? You need one that's capable to be that small ball guy in the playoffs, but you also need your traditional center. So let's talk about regular Mitch, season right? center, regular season. But <laughs> hey, hey, look, they still are needed in the postseason, depending on the matchup. <laughs> I'm not saying you get you don't get rid of them. They they're just they could be a liability, like Andre Drummond, Gobert. Andre Rudy Drummond, Gobert. Hey, yeah, Rudy Gobert. Gobert, the ultimate regular season centers. 
That's what I'm saying. Unless you have someone like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, which is only two guys, right? Kind of well, tough. Joel Embiid, by the time he gets to the playoffs, usually missing a finger, missing a foot, something. Injury. Not the guy. <laughs> not a guy that you sit. He's a guy yeah. that you play. If he's available, he's playing. It's yeah. not like, oh, snap, Rudy Gobert's out there. Where is he? Um, but let's talk about Mitch, man. Let's get back. Let's get back on that. So I'm looking at Mitch. What would we say? 14, 15 million is what probably the, the market told asking for him. Do you think that's too much for him? Let's start off there. Let's start. What do you think about that number for Mitchell Robinson annually? 14 to 15. So just Mitch or the Knicks signing Mitch for that price? The Knicks. See, so the problem is, is we have Noel for 30 mil, right? And then we have Sims, who's pretty decent, and his contract is going to be up soon. And then we also have Taj Gibson, who plays decent minutes. And sometimes those minutes are against centers who Mitch Robinson just simply can't guard. Like, they're just like, yo, we need you, Taj, because Mitch can't guard this guy. And so when you're talking about spending... 25 to 30 million dollars annually on the center position and you still don't even have a go-to guy who can play defense on the best center and score a bucket by himself i think that's just a bad idea like that's way too much money for that issue and then sometimes you're gonna sims is gonna be the guy because we see him playing free safety out there and setting decent screens like we're gonna put sims out there with Virtually fifty million dollars, whatever it is, like on the bench for centers, it just sounds silly in today's NBA. If you get rid of Noel, you could pay Mitch twenty million. You know what I mean? Like that would be fine. So, what do you think? I mean, I agree with you. I think it's more so the Noel thing, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think it's more so the Noel thing, more so than a Mitch thing. That. Uh, the, the more and more we see Noel like not playing and the contract aging, that's the mishap. Like, and we keep saying it too on this pod. Like, we understand the good business of like signing Noel for giving the money they did for you know the past performance and this and that. But and he also as, becomes <clears throat> he becomes a tradable contract. Yeah, I mean, this season is now a tradable contract because it's the last year of his deal because he got that three year deal, two guaranteed. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's like everybody wants it expiring. Sure, uh, people do want it expiring, but they also want an asset in return when you give up the expiring. So, and it, it also depends on who or it, the whole situation depends. There's a lot of depends, a lot of depends, 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 depends. But I think that as of right now, when you're entering free agency and you're not potentially looking to trade Noel, and you see Mitch, and you're like, wow, we're giving up, we're letting go a homegrown guy because we decided to pay a free agent just a little too much because we banked that he'd be here and be available and he wasn't. And and that's really the, you know, it's, it's hindsight, it's a mix of hindsight and now just regret after doing that. And I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to looking to resign Mitch. However, even adding on to your point, I think there's still a realistic thing that sure you could say, and I know you're you you you're you're jokingly saying twenty million, whatever. Like you, you wouldn't actually pay Mitch twenty because that's a lot for a guy who's limited. But let's talk about that skill set too, right? Like, okay, is that going to be a lot in two years? No, it wouldn't be a lot in two years. But as of right now, 
you, you still got to calculate for right now what you're trying to do right now. And when I look at a guy who, and don't get me wrong, I love Mitch, love Mitch, especially his, his rookie season because I was like, oh, wow, this is the best thing we got. We got a center. Maybe we got a center solved. Can't set screens well. You talked, and you're, you're highlighted all these things. Defensively, can be a liability at times. He hasn't been, he wasn't as great as he has been, especially last season when he was really on a tear. There were nights where this season, it looked like you put it all together. And then other nights, you see him go against Andre Drummond. You're like, where are you? Like, absolutely. Like, where are you? And you keep, you watch him, comes to not saying screens, doesn't really have an offensive game in the post. He's a rim runner. Elite offensive board rebounder uh, on the offensive glass on the when it comes to offensive boards, solid defensive rebounder. But outside of being a solid defensive rebounder, elite offensive rebounder, and a rim runner, and just an elite lob threat around in the dunker spot, that's very limited for a center who he's Tyson Chandler. Well, Tyson Chandler could at least do a little bit more. Yeah, he can set, <laughs> set a screen. That's that's it. That's the only thing Tyson. But that's a bit. But the, hey, that's a big thing. Like your center has to be able to slow down guys for your wings and your guards for when they are attacking the rim. Right? You watch Mitch out there, and guys can easily just slide right around and trail everybody. And Mitch isn't. Mitch isn't doing that. So when you see that, and you're questioning. Do you, I really want to pay this guy fourteen to sixteen mil? With the sense that we have guys on the book books at that position who are already getting paid, that's where it's concerning. If Noel wasn't getting paid, I, I'd say, yeah, do the 14-15 because you can always say, hey, he can continue to grow and develop his game. Kind of hard to sell that when the books are are so tight, especially if they think the market's going to be greater than that. Like, do the Mavs just sh- like clear the, the space or go over the cap just to sign Mitch to get room protection and hope that he develops? Because that's the other thing. And, you know, Mitch is always alluding to that he wants to do more or he could do more and he hasn't done more. That's where I'm, that's where I'm he, confused. He seems like to be like a Phoenix son to me. Uh, like letting go of DeAndre Eaton, signing someone way cheaper. And then he could be, New Orleans Tyson Chandler. You know what I mean? For to Chris Paul. And you know what Chris Paul does to centers. He gets them buckets and he gets them boards. So it's not necessarily just going to be Dallas. I think there's a lot of teams. What about Brooklyn? What about they need uh, a center? Yeah. Good war. Please not Brooklyn. I'll cry. Honestly, honestly, it's something that we have to think about. And I know it's something we have to think about. I'm just hoping it's not Brooklyn. I know, but it's so realistic. It's, he's going to be cheap. He's going to be a cheap center that could do exactly what they need. This is all true. So, and as you keep saying, like you will get the market. Are we going to regret again. it? Are we going to regret it, Alex? Uh, That's what I'm nervous about. I'm, I'm being honest. It's so hard to say. Would we regret it? Because I would need to see Mitch. Do a lot more this time, right? And I can actually justify, I can justify moving on from Mitchell Robinson. I, I can actually justify it and say, we not haven't seen nothing. enough for nothing. That's the issue. That's the issue. Not for nothing. It cannot be for nothing. That I have a problem with. We keep saying that. If he goes for nothing, this front office 
that's fumble. That's a massive fumble. You could you could have traded by the deadline. You could have done anything else. But if you let him walk for nothing, that's a big failure on the front office. Massive failure. Like the free agency, like they've drafted well, right? Talk about drafted well. They've traded pretty well. Free agency, it's 50-50. Uh, if you let Mitch go, you're handling a free agency is, is piss poor. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, I don't think we're 50-50. I think we're more on the 40 side of 40-60. And if we let Mitch go for nothing... We're going to be like on like the 1090 scale or like 1585. That's definitely been our worst part of this front office. And so I'm only out hope. For example, I'm not regretting Reggie Bullock, even though he had great playoffs and he's in the Western Conference Finals. Like I don't regret losing Bullock. There, there, yeah, but that Bullock is something that, you know, you test the waters, you see what you have. And at that point, let's also be real. Bullock was very instrumental to what the team was doing, they weren't going to. They weren't going to. Uh, they weren't going to. Tra- they weren't going to uh, trade him because of how well they were doing. He was also a leader in the locker room. Actually, if anything, it was a failure not bringing him back because of the leadership that we needed in the locker room. Right? There's a little bit of continuity that you look at Evan Fournier. Sure, Evan Fournier hit the threes very well, but outside of that, what else did? Fournier do that wasn't like that much different than Bullock. Bullock gave you some better defense. Fournier didn't give you that good defense. He hit more threes. I remember you were yelling about Bullock's inconsistency. At least Fournier was consistent with making threes. (laughs) Uh, He was consistent with making, I mean, Bullock was consistent with making threes once he got to the halfway point. Same with Fournier. (laughs) Around the same time. That's true. So, I don't know, man. And I don't know. There, can we can we just can we just speak on Dallas? I know this is the Knicks pod, but we have so many Dallas people, so many Knicks, ex Knicks on the Dallas team. Like we mentioned, Bullock, Frank, happy for him getting minutes. But can we just mention? Can we just stop with the? Can we stop with the Frank though? Can we legit? I, I love how everyone's like hyping up Frank during the playoffs. Like, ooh, for the five eight minutes that this man played, he's a useful and successful. It's like guys, he was. Like Frank, I wished Frank all the best while I was here. Let's not make him more that he is. I just, just love him. You know, you know, you know, you know. He's I, a he's a feel he's a feel good story for what he's doing right now because I think he can be a useful player. I think he can be a useful role player. But let's not hyper exaggerate what he is doing in the playoffs. Okay, which yeah. I'll put that's it all in perspective. I put it in perspective. He is a player that your baseball team drafted. And then he got sent over in a trade as a player to be named later. And you had high hopes for him, even though he had some call-ups, didn't work out. And now he's doing well in the playoffs. Like he's, he's getting some at-bats or some pitches in. And you're like, oh, my guy. You know what I mean? Like it's nice. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> can we but, move into that? Can we just talk about the last guy? Like, first of all, shout out to KP for leaving Dallas and Dallas doing so well without him. Thank you. But also, and most importantly... Theo Pinsongate. Theo Pinsongate, bro. First of all, I love that Jason Kidd was saying he's the best hype man in the league. Shout out to Giannis's brother, who is apparently number two on the list of biggest bench hype man. But, dude, did you see the refs going up to Theo Pinson pregame and telling him, take off your white shirt because Golden State's wearing white? And he said no, and then they got smacked. Like, do you think there's anything to that? 
Or am I just tinfoil hatting it? That because he he wore white, the like, you think the refs like are pissed, like because they asked him to do something, he said no. Like, do you think that has any effect on the game? Honestly, because how can it not? Like, it does. It like how much? I think it's the question to me is like how much does it affect the game? But but, but, but like, if it it's does a affect the game. Call if it's a fifty fifty call, it's not going to go for Dallas because like they hate this guy. He's like. They're so human, and after Tim Donahue interviews, whether they're biased or not, there's just so much insight on refs and, like, how they have meetings about players and all the stuff. I know we're a little off the rails, but I'm just curious because Neil Benson's your guy. So I'm wondering, like, what would you have done in the situation? Like, are you annoyed with him? Then, like, dude, just change your shirt and, like, don't piss off the ref? Or, like, are you like, no, like, do whatever you want? Like, what, 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 what would you this- want him to do? If this was the Knicks... I would be going nuts. I would be freaking out about the I think it, <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> let's put it. Let's put, all right. This is going totally off the rails. True KJ fashion. Come on. Theo's our guy. He is our guy. So here's how it goes. I understand from a player's aspect that you're trying to get, you're trying to take every single leverage you can to win the game and cause the other team to make a mistake, whether it's passing to you when thinking like your player, like Steph Curry did to Theo, and just like, like, what the hell, man, right? Because guess what? It's a distraction. Players are doing like quick glances out the side of their eye, and they're trying to pass it, just try to keep the ball moving and stay in rhythm, right? And you look at Theo, who's wearing the same color. It's like, oh, my God, that's a wasted possession. It's a turnover. And if you do it again, it's only helping your team get the ball back, right? I get it from a player standpoint where you're trying to do that all the time because just like Chris Paul, if you're a big Chris Paul guy, Chris Paul is that type of dude that's like, I'm going to do every single thing to win. I know that specific rule in that, in the, in the book that if your jersey's untucked, that's a technical right there. I'm going to call it. So annoying. So annoying. But guess what? That's the type of stuff that, you know, you appreciate your teammates to do because you're trying to get that edge. You're trying to, you're trying to figure it out. Right. So as a, as a player for the team, I understand it. Overall, you should probably just change a shirt because guess what? It's not, it's the difference is when Chris Paul did something like that to regular season game, right? You're now in the playoffs. It's a seven game series. You're seeing these guys. You're seeing the same team over and over. You're probably going to get the same crew it's again. In Golden State. Yeah. You're, you probably should just keep it moving. He's going to wear white again. Game four. It's confirmed. Yeah. He's going to wear, he, he tweeted it. They were a white and like blue thing. All right. I mean, I don't know why you want to do that. But That's what okay. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. He's our guy. We're talking about Knicks in Dallas, so it's relevant. I mean, if we're watching NBA playoffs, Knicks fans, if you're listening here, you know we know who you're paying attention to. So we, it, it is relevant. But dude, talk to me about Bullock and how we missed that position because even though I don't miss Bullock on the Knicks, and I know you were smiling somewhere when he went over a million last game, <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is the guy I know. This is yeah, this is the, this is the guy. This because, is the guy. Because like for the last eight games, it's been, well, the Knicks let go of this guy. They need a wing. Like, what were they doing? So, my question to you is, who? On the Knicks is filling that spot for Bullock. Like, is that where we messed up? Like, it, do the Wings win it in the NBA? And is the whole center thing nonsense? 
is the whole point guard thing nonsense? Like, is it really the wings? Because the best players in the league are wings. Like LeBron, KD, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, like Jalen Brown, everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like all the big guys, all like the big stars are wings. Yeah, man. I mean, even with Ben Simmons, even though he plays point guard, he's a wing for his size, right? When he's playing, all these guys that you're you're mentioning, they have the intangible of being six seven to six nine, like over seven foot wingspan. They can guard one through four, multiple positions, and that's where. I'm looking forward for this team, right? And not saying that Bullock is the prototypical guy that you want. Reggie filled that role very well on this team, and he did it. He did a commendable job, right? Now it's RJ Barrett who we saw fill that role, and RJ did a solid job. But outside of RJ Barrett, who else on this team did that? Like, are you asking Quentin Grimes to go guard threes like that in a starting rotation? Hell, no. I love Quentin Grimes. I think he's a tenacious <laughs> defender. I think there's some matchups that he maybe he can. But I'm not saying Quentin Grimes is that dude that I would want at the three guarding Kevin Durant and all these guys that we just mentioned, you know. And RJ has probably the best shot at defending them because of his size, because of his weight, and can go toe-to-toe with them. Now, we saw this past season that he struggled in some matchups and that he's not necessarily the quickest guy to go match someone like Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, even DeMar DeRozan while he's out there, right? Oh, he can go DeRozan. He can, but I'm just saying, like, there are times where DeRozan had him, too. Like, Yeah, you know, DeRozan has everyone. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> saying, like, these are, like, the guys that you're thinking about playing that position, right? And that's where I'm, like, looking at this draft, and there was a major discourse today uh, on uh, Nick's Twitter on whether or not the wing is important because we have wings because we have R.J. Barrett. We got Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks. Well, this is my thoughts on, on that. Um, I think two, the three of those, there's three of those guys that are actually wings, and that's Cam, R.J., and Burks. Now, the issue that I have. Uh, Yikes. Yikes, not, bro. Now, like, hold on. That's <laughs> here, tough to here, listen to. Here's the issue that I have. Because I know what people really want. They want Cam to get into the rotation. So if we bring every... And I want to see Cam in this rotation too. Don't get me wrong. That's I like the Cam. magic words in Nick's land. Cam yeah, Reddish right. being no starting wing. Or even just in the rotation. Like even in the second unit. Like we just want to see Cam minutes, right? We just, we just truly want to see Cam minutes and overlapping with RJ. We spent the first round pick on him, bro. 100%. And I agree with that. Like you and I both agree on that. My thing is, is that when I hear that, I haven't seen enough of Cam Reddish, and the league hasn't seen enough Cam Reddish. The Hawks where haven't seen enough Cam Reddish, where we can say that you're solid there, right? And for the Knicks, we, we talked about this two weeks ago, a week or two ago, whatever. The Knicks have half a season to evaluate Cam Reddish, right? Like, they have to make a decision. They, they spent a first-round pick. They got to figure it out. If he's not starting and if he's not in the rotation beginning of the season, that's an issue. And if you want to tell me about everyone else I just listed, if we bring everybody back, I don't know how you're saying Cam Reddish is getting into this rotation. Not that he's not talented, but Tom Thibodeau would utilize Burks and Fournier. You know those are two guys getting in that rotation because they've been paid for. And they, they're, they're his guys. We saw it. <laughs> 
So one of those two guys has got to go, all right? And I think one of those two guys will go, more so Burks than Fournier. So now you get rid of Burks, right? Now you lose your now you lose I think it's Burks because I think he has the best value. One year out of contract. He you has know more what it value. Is. And you know I what he is. I think he has more value to Tibbs. I think so, but I think you ha- someone's got to get pulled. I don't think Fournier's going that quickly, and that's why I think he's staying around. So you got Fournier. You know RJ's going to be here, right? So let's say let's let's play the game that you move Burks, right? You move on from Burks. And now you get Cam into the rotation. All right. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. Tibbs hates him. But yeah, we'll, we'll play along. No, I'm just saying, like, this is like, let's, let's, let's do it. Because we also remember that the Knicks were looking to trade him in, to the Lakers, right? So that's also where I'm like, that was out there. We saw Tibbs was hesitant to put him in there. I know he wants guys to have full offseason. And we hear that Cam's in the gym trying to make that impact so that way he can get into the rotation and crack the Knicks rotation. So he's trying to put him to the work. He's trying to put him in the work. Right. Let's say he gets in there. Okay. So now you got two guys that play the wing. Do you trust Fournier as a defender? I don't. Like, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about guys who can guard and play offense. Fournier, I think at best is an awesome bench player. I think sixth, seventh guy. If he's your, if he's your starting, he's not playing three because that lucky, didn't happen. You're lucky he's not in Orlando because if he heard that, he would drop 45 on our head. <laughs> I know, right? And like Evan Fournier is six seven, but he didn't play. He didn't play. He didn't play small forward because I think Tibbs knows if I play that man at small forward, he's getting cooked. <laughs> so you can't do that. You played shooting guard. All right, so you got RJ, Cam. I think Cam could be out there. I think Cam could do well. He has to learn the defense. All right, now you're going to tell me Grimes. I still think we need more wings. I still think we need more guys who are like six five, six six, six seven, can guard multiple positions, one through three minimum, and who can score some offense and play defense. They can do both. Like I think Cam can do both. RJ can do both. Fournier can't do both. Quentin Grimes can do both, but I don't think he's that. He's not that size to guard so many. He's like your true prototypical small shooting guard, six four. Like in traditional height, play shooting guard. That is a shooting guard to me. I think you still need another wing, man. I still think you need another wing on this team that's going to give you defense. That's where guys like Matherin, that's where guys like Johnny Davis come into play. And it's like, all right. So, and I know people want to see Cam play. What's wrong with just having depth and having them both play in a world where you have, say, if you're even no magically. World. In a world where you actually move Evan Fournier and Alec Burks and draft another young wing and give kids playing time on the New York Knicks, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes me feel great. Like that's that's what I'm looking for. And so I don't see. And this is the thing: I'm trying to add depth because I don't see Fournier as the long term solution. He's here for right now, and I'm just looking at that for right now. Same with Burks; he's here for right now. But we're hoping guys like RJ Cam. Grimes, whoever you draft, that's the future that you have. And also, you're trying to build competition. You can't just give guys to say, all right, you know, can you imagine if you just give out, all right, guys, your, your, your role's already set. You don't got to worry about fighting for it. What's that? Never. That's not even real life. In real life, no one gives you, 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 there's very few places that give you that type of uh, opportunity where it's like, it's all yours. You don't got to worry about anything. Like, you have to work hard to earn that. And there's no one outside of RJ 
on this team that has earned that, right? So if you're telling me you're bringing in another wing, so you got some competition on this team, all right, cream rises to the top, I'm fine with it. You want to tell me you're going to draft a center? We've talked about it on this podcast many times. I will get them as a running back. Here today, gone tomorrow. If you if it's not Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, what are we doing? What about DeAndre Hayton before I get into the wing talk? Uh, I mean, I like DeAndre Ayton. I know. He's going to be a restricted free agent. I like DeAndre Ayton. He has more game than Mitchell Robinson. I would pay him. Um, He's going to make more than Mitch. Yeah, and I think that's what, like looking at him in the playoffs, he's a guy that needs a point guard that's going to get him the ball, like get him activated. That's my only concern. Like Chris Paul can do that. But he can score by himself. He can, but it's not, you know, in opportunities, especially when Chris Paul was out and you're looking for eight and he was kind of, not kind of, he was MIA. So that's the thing where you, that's what I'm saying. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, you don't have a point guard. doesn't matter. Those guys are still getting their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rudy Gobert is not getting his own. You know, DeAndre Ayton is not getting his own by himself. So in, in spurts, he can, but he's not that dominant. He's not like a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like those, like Giannis can play five. Those are the type of guys that I'm looking at. If you're telling me you're going to get a seven-footer that can do that, no qualms. Are you going to tell me Duran uh, uh, or Williams or those type of guys? I feel you. I feel you. That's why I'm looking at wings, man, because you can never have too many. You can never have too many. So I'll go with your scenario of getting rid of Burks. Because I do feel like that's pretty likely, even though he is Tibbs' boy. But I'm not going to tell you that we're going to play Cam Reddish because I think Tibbs and the team have seen enough, even if the fans have it. It's just one of those things where I'll throw it back to the Jets uh, because that's pretty recent where we're like, yo, these linebackers stink. And then we hear, no, 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 the team likes them more than you guys. You know what I mean? Or we love Bryce Hall. Like, let's let's use Bryce Hall, right? We love Bryce Hall. He's like Cam Reddish. And then the team's like, eh, let's put him like CB3, CB4. You know what I mean? And we're like, no, 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 he's going to be good. Like, we've been watching him since Virginia. Honestly, so, I think Denzel Mims is kind of more of like the, uh, the Cam Reddish because the talent is there. You know the but, talent is there. But Cam Reddish had a chance. Like, he played with Atlanta. Yeah. Mims never showed it. You know what I mean? Like, at least Hall showed something. So... What I'm trying to say is I think that Cam is gone. And I think that let's I'll go with your scenario. Burks is gone just to open up the rotation. So you have a point guard. We'll call him X. Or we can call him IQ. Just for everyone to be happy. Shooting guard, my prototypical, of course, Grimes. I just feel like that knee injury is going to send him packing in a trade, to be honest with you. Even though I love Grimes, you know, I'm the biggest Grimes fan probably that you know. Um and I feel like we could plug that in with Fournier. Fournier is not a bench player. Like, I know he's a streaky shooter and doesn't play defense. So it's like, yeah, it sounds good. Go in the second unit and just shoot threes. But he is really good in the starting lineup because you see what he can do, man. He could, he could play a little bit of defense, but he could like light up three threes in a row. No problem. Like create by himself. When the offense is stagnant, you know, in a five-on-five, five, like step back, fade away three, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a click. 
So I like 48 to 2, but that causes a defensive issue. That's where RJ steps up. If RJ wants to be the rookie max, if everybody wants to cry because our, you know, our guy Berman, who, you know, podcast guest comes on here and he's laughing at Knicks fans who are making fun of him saying, I think he should be extended, just not the max. Knicks fans making songs about him going nuts. Like he needs the max. He needs the max. And then you're going to sit here and tell me, I don't know if he can guard anyone. Like, dude, if he wants a rookie max, if he wants to be our starting small forward, he better lock up. He better lock up and he better make layups. Okay. Like those are the two things he better do and free throws, make layups, make free throws and lock up on D. That's all I need to see from RJ. Literally. That's it. So I don't think that's that big of a step up. Like he's only 21. Like that's, that's not that hard for me. So he's a prototypical small forward for me. Where the Knicks, I think are going to make the biggest difference. And it is a wing, just maybe not your stereotypical wing, but it's the power forward. We need a stretch for that plays defense. It was Randall. Like it is two years ago, Randall, like that guy who's going to step up on D with your five behind you. That guy who's going to grab boards. That guy who's going to be able to be a playmaker, you know, two out of 10 times. That guy who's going to be able to pull up a shot or pull up a three. You know what I'm saying? When we need him, like that's the four, that's the wing that we need. It'll be nice to have somebody like Jeremy Grant. You know what I mean? Like a fun or a Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? Like those would be nice, but RJ kind of clogs up that spot. In my opinion, like we just have to build differently. If you want to build around RJ, that's what that means. You can't bring in two small forwards. That's not building around RJ. Well, I'm looking. See, here's the thing: why I look at a wing, right? I think of a wing that can play shooting guard, small forward, you know, maybe even some small ball four, which RJ can do. But I'm looking at it from a bench standpoint too. Fournier is only here for now. Yeah, you go get this season. I'm not expecting this rookie to get that much burn. I'm expecting this rookie to come in, learn, get a year under his belt, as we've seen. Because we have, as you pointed on the last podcast, a lot of youth already that's going to get that playing time, right? They're already solidified. You know, Quentin Grimes is going to be in the rotation. He's earned it. Somebody quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so look, 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 I think, I think Grimes is going to be fine, even though he hurt his knee. Uh, it's going to be Grimes. It's going to be quickly. It's going to be RJ Toppin, right? Four guys right there. It's four guys right there. You know, you got to have Evan Fournier back here. As of right now, we still got Randall, right? Whatever point guard you get. Could I be honest? I would love Obi off the bench if you don't have a star power forward. Because, like, the problem with Randall being a star, quote-unquote, is he needed 40 minutes. So that's why Obi was crying about getting only 15. But if you get, like, a normal power forward, and he, you know what I mean? That doesn't have to play 40 minutes. You play, like, 25. And Obi can also get 25, and whoever's doing better can close out the game. I would like that. Like, Obi off the bench is a spark, especially at home. He's a spark. Yeah, I mean that'd be it's great. I think we're not we're not talking about that. We're just we're just talking about wings right now. And, well, because and he can play just, wing. He 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 plays Sean Marion wing like the type of power forward that we need. You know what I mean? But that's for like then's NBA. Today's NBA is much different. I don't know if he's. I don't think I don't he's know. that. I I, I think, Obi in I the think playoffs, dude. You don't think Obi Toppin 
on the Golden State Warriors would be the most talked about player right now in the playoffs. Oh, one hundred percent. I think he would be going. But they, you know what they'd be doing? They, they, but they'd be putting him. They see the thing is that with the Warriors, they'd have probably Draymond at the five, Obi at the four, and you're like, okay, we could do this because Draymond could play small ball five, and they love to run that small ball lineup, and you have Obi out there running up and down the court doing whatever he wants to do. That's a little different than what we got over here. But I'm looking for a guy that can actually play multiple positions, a little bit more fluid. You know, if Obi was a little bit more fluid in his in his movements and not just so linear, like straightforward out in there, like he can actually have the lateral agility, I'd be more comfortable doing that. But I just haven't seen that from Obi to be that comfortable. That's what I'm looking at, man. And, I, and I'm also thinking about Evan Fournier is not going to be here. He's not going to be a long-term solution. And I'm just looking for having depth. You know, we talk about 10-guy, 10 10-guy 10 rotation for Tibbs, but there's another five guys you can have on the roster, all right? And we saw this past season. We saw this past season. We had Julius Randle playing the three. I know you were loving it. You were like, oh, yes, please, more of this. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> You're like, Mitch, Taj, Randle, that's the front three? That's beautiful. That's beautiful for me. It's music to your ears. I know. You'll love it. Because Taj can it. actually play defense, and Mitch just stands <laughs> and gets boards. It's fantastic. <laughs> If if Randall was actually hooping like he was last season, it'd been a lot better. Yeah. But that's another that's another story for another podcast. But you look at that, and I, I, that's where I say we we didn't have enough. The fact that we had that as a rotation for a little bit, that as our three to five, and then on top of that, towards the end of the season, we lose Grimes, we lose RJ, we lose Cam. How do you, how can you tell me that we have enough depth at the wing? Not you personally, but how can oh, anyone say dude. that we have? How can anyone say that we have enough depth? We we legit saw throughout twice this season that we lost dudes. We lost them. Dude, but like, okay, how about this for a wing, quote unquote, Carl Anthony Towns? Like, that's the type of... But he's not a wing, bro. I know, I know, I know, but like, for this team, because of RJ, like, you have to build like that. You know what I mean? But what if you put RJ back at the two? What if you decide to do that? What if you had RJ at the two and say, let's say Cam breaks that rotation. Let's say Cam comes in here, gangbuster, and can play the three very well, and you have that two and three. If you that play, changes things. If you that play RJ everything. at the two, Fournier is gone. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's the biggest question we have for RJ. Do you go back to the two because the three's a little bit more of a challenge, or do you use him at the two and bully the smaller guards? I would love that. I would well, love that, RJ the two. So let's let's work off that. Let's work off that, okay? Because I think that's the I think that may be the end goal for this team. I love that. I think I think we we experimented at three. I think it's a little bit too much of a challenge. I think the mismatch is him playing the two and bullying guys because of his size. I love that. So let's let's work with that. So let's say you get someone like Cam Fournier. This is where you say Fournier on a bench. This is where you get, say Fournier's get, out of here. Get Cam out of here. Get Fournier out of here. <laughs> Who are you building around Obi? Randall out of here. You got Obi at the four. <laughs> you got RJ at the two. Like, who? who is the t- prototypical three there? Prototypical? I think, th- for, I think for RJ, between RJ and Obi. Cause like, I actually, th- I think Cam is that. I, like, if Cam, if Cam actually puts it all together, like we saw the spurts, he can be that guy. I really I do think I, I think he can't be that guy. I, I think he can't be that guy. Um can he do it? Cause if he can, but then after that, right? And then after that, this is where I say, 
because Fournier is not a long-term solution. Let's say you have Cam. You got Grimes coming off the bench now. Who else? Because you got, you're going to get rid of Burks. Burks is not a long-term solution either. We need wings. That's all I'm saying. Point guard. Everyone's out here saying, we need a point guard. I know we need a point guard. Do you want Ty Ty Washington? I don't <laughs> really want Ty Ty. That's just me. He'll be good. I think it's very redundant next to Emmanuel quickly. We already got, we already got one. Dude, RJ and AJ Griffin would be sick. Yo, that would be sick. Um, that would be sick. Him or even Matherin. Like I, I love Johnny Davis, but the more and more I keep looking into Johnny Davis, I think Johnny Davis is more of a two. I think RJ, if we want RJ at the two, it's got to be someone like AJ Griffin, Benedict Matherin, like that, those guys, those guys are going to be good. Although Johnny Davis is my guy. Um, yeah, man, we just need more wings. I really think we need more wings. I don't think we have the depth that everyone thinks we do have. I get people want a point guard. It's not in this draft. I don't think that point guard we're looking for is in this draft. Uh, if you want a center, wasting 11 on 11th pick on a center, I would be okay with that if everything else was situated. Like if you told me, all right, we got it. We got a lot of wings. Let's go for a center. Okay with it. Not feeling drafting a center where, like, I'm not even I'm not even downplaying what Duran and Williams can do. I, I know they're very good players. I'm gonna be a little annoyed if we draft a center. I don't know if he's gonna get playing time like that in a Tibbs rotation off the bat, like as a rookie, because that means you probably Sims is gonna be out there first. But if it's a second round center, I'm gonna be hyped because we hit on second round centers. Yeah, man. I'll take a second round center. Bitch, everyone. Hey, and look, like, what's this is where this is the other thing. Like, Sims did pretty well as a starter towards the end of the season. That was no slouch for a kid who was on a two way deal coming in here and playing some solid minutes. Not saying Jericho's going to be this elite starter, but don't sleep on Sims as like a solid, formidable center for right now while not needing to waste your 11th pick on a center. Not yet. I still think- not yet. I still think a trade's coming. Grimes. This going to be very interesting. Grimes, Burks, Noel, something in the pick. I could just see it, man. This offseason is going to be very interesting, man. I'm cool with it taking its time. We're, we're recharging. We're enjoying uh, the summer. Uh, I'm not cool with running it back. That's the only thing I'm not cool no, with. No, hell no. Yeah. If we run this, if we run the same team back, I'm throwing, I'm throwing bricks at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. You don't want to run it back with a rookie. No, thank you. Let's do something else. No, you can't run the team back and then draft a player too. Then that's just insanity. But hey, man, let's move on to this last topic because we got some playoffs, man. We got playoffs going on right now as we're talking. Got Barely. Celtics Heat. Dude, Barely these is right. Suck right now. Oh my god! I mean, the Heat and the Celtics last game was kind of interesting towards the end, but. That was an abysmal game to watch just because the Celtics were turning the ball over left and right and didn't show up in the first half. But Warriors are just shellacking, shellacking the Mavs. And we got to hear. So let's talk about this team first. Let's talk about the Mavs and Warriors first because you said the Mavs are going to win this thing. I did. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I have a problem with people calling this Golden State Warriors team an elite team, they're definitely going to win. And we're just thinking about the 2015, 2017, 2019 Golden State Warriors. That's not that team. They're way worse, in my opinion. So 
That's why I don't really give them that credence. On the other hand, the Mavs are a freaking play-in team. And they have a high-usage player as their star. And we know that doesn't win. So I'm being like my NBA like um, freedom award. Like they don't deserve it, these Warriors. You know what I mean? But if I take a step back, it this is a legacy for Curry. Like this is a, a Curry legacy playoffs because the team stinks. So instead of saying, yo, the Warriors stink, who cares? It's, yo, the Warriors stink and Curry is doing this. You know what I mean? So it reminds me of when LeBron took Booby Gibson and all his friends. You know what I mean? And when he took the Cavs, you know, beat the Pistons, all the stuff. Like, that's what this reminds me of. So I know they have Clay. I know they have Dre. Like, this is, they're not the same players as they were a couple of years ago, whether it's health or whatever. So that's my thought on that series. I think Dallas is going to win the fourth. Luca in closeout games is pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if he could win one in Golden State. That's all he's got to do is just win one. So um, he's going to win the one at home. If he could surprise the world, I was all over the Suns. If he could surprise the world and be Golden State in that game six, I mean in that game five, then you have like things are gonna things are gonna start rolling for him. So I don't think they're gonna win the series. I think Golden State's gonna win the series, but I think Dallas might get a game or two. Definitely okay. gonna get one, maybe get two. I could definitely see one. Two back-to-back, that's kind of tough to do being up 3-0 on a team. I think we're getting the gentleman sweep uh, coming for Dallas. It was a four. Hey, look, man. Give kudos to Dallas. All right? No one saw, saw them beating Utah. No one saw them beating Phoenix. So the first fact that they're first-year head coach, shout-out to Jason Kidd doing a phenomenal job. Uh, he's been making great adjustments in in-game adjustments, series adjustments. Dude's been figuring it out. Like he figured out how to attack Chris Paul. It's like, look, no one's attacking Chris Paul for his age right now in the playoffs. And they kind of, and he's like, like you could see it. It was like, he didn't say this out loud, but you saw that. And you can hear from reports that people were kind of easy on Chris Paul during the regular season. Jason Kidd being a guy who's played in the league until he was 40, because we saw him on the New York Knicks. He's like, look, man. I know how he's feeling right now, way in the playoffs. I've been there. I've done that. And he's decided to attack him. So shout out to Jason Kidd for doing a phenomenal coaching job for his first year with the Dallas Mavericks. And shout out to the Dallas Mavericks, man. They're playing, you talked about it, it's a high usage player. It's Luka Doncic. And not even just to be like a dick in saying this, but like and everybody else. Because it really is like that. All right. Like Jalen Brunson's good. Uh you're getting some solid games here and there from Spencer Dinwiddie. You're getting some solid games out of the role players. Like the role players have been playing out of their minds for these for these last series, but legitimately you need Luka first series against Utah. You can give kudos to Jalen Brunson for doing his thing. Right. And holding down until Luka came back. But now you got Luka back. Those two have been leading the charge. They need a center, but this, this team is, and it's what I said, man, when we talked about the Warriors winning, when I said the Warriors are going to win this, it's, it's just veteran savviness, man. These guys just know what to do. When you got guys like Clay, Draymond, and Steph, you don't need them to be perfect. They just know what they need to do. 
That's it. They know they've been here before. They play, they already got past that first season jitters when they won the chip and went all the way, right? They've been in the playoffs before that to know what it's like to get to that point. But once they got to that point, they played LeBron James. <laughs> they already know what it is. So it's not, it's just, it's not surprising that the Warriors are doing this. But I agree with you that this isn't the same. Warriors team that we've watched in the past. This is nothing close that we watched in the past. All right. Like Clay Thompson. He's not looking like Clay Thompson or old man. This is not that same guy that was a two way defender. Uh, you know that when he touched the ball, it was like, holy shit. Like we got to watch out. This guy can go nuclear. Like he's shooting well. Like don't get me wrong. He's averaging 20 points throughout the, throughout the playoffs right now, shooting 45 from the field. Uh, thirty-eight point eight percent from three, but Clay's a forty percent shooter. Like that was the whole thing about Clay. Clay was a forty percent shooter. Thirty-eight for Clay is kind of a little pedestrian. <laughs> this is and it, like that's funny to say because thirty-eight saying th- thirty-eight is like top tier shooting for anyone else in the NBA, but for Clay, like Clay Thompson, we've seen that guy do a lot more. So that's why, you know, when you watch him and especially on the defensive side, that's where it's really the issue for me that. You just see that guys are willing to attack him. Like even when you watch him against Memphis, you know, John Morant, not saying that he would walk down John Morant and put him in jail, but he would have done a better job than what he did uh, last series. Like John just is like, all right, let me go at him easily on a whim right before he went out. So that's just the thing. That's just the thing with Clay right now, you know? So, and it's, it sucks to see. And just so everyone knows when I say Clay is like a 40% shooter, this is Clay uh, when he entered the league. <laughs> 41.4, 40, 41.7, 44, <laughs> 42 and a half, 41.4, 44 again <laughs> before he missed time. That's during regular season, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're watching Clay shoot 38%. This is different, he, man. This he had a really different. good series. He made up for the playoffs. It was a good series for them. Yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting finals, Warriors versus Celtics. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And speaking of that Celtics series, it's a blowout. I think this is going to be the first series that I can remember. And tell me if you can remember a different one or if you're listening, send us a comment. And do you remember another series that's going to go seven with just blowouts almost every single game? Bro, I'm tired of all these blowouts. But I think it's still going to go seven. It's disgusting. I don't know if, like, this is where it's like, it's just silly. They're like, going to win next game. And then Celtics going to come home, win that one. Like, this is going to go seven. And it's going to be game seven in Miami to versus Golden State. I just hope it's not like last series, man, where we had two blowouts. Like, well, well Celtics Bucks was not a blowout. Phoenix Mavs was a blowout. But that, that was, was still fun, even though I was on the losing side. It was fun to watch because Mavs were just came out of nowhere and just dominated and Suns just crapped the bed. It really so. was like it really was like the sixteen and one uh NCAA where it's fun to see the Cinderella win. We were like, damn dude, I really just wish that Duke won this damn game. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Yeah, like I want to see Duke play North Carolina. I don't want to see, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like right now it's 40 to 21. Boston's up against Miami. Um, can Boston, you know, go all the way like and close this one well, out because they not. need to? I um, hope it's a Golden State chip. 
please God. No, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm talking about this series. I'm not talking all the way. Please, oh, for the love of God, oh, I, whoever makes if because it, it's worked right now, it's gonna be the Warriors and whoever else. Please just please God, <laughs> please for the love of God, <laughs> for the love of God, let it be the Warriors. <laughs> please. Um, also, that should be cool. And like to your point, and well, actually, before I, actually, I would touch on the Celtics after this. Um, like. Getting back to your point, like for, for Steph, like this would truly be a legacy thing. I agree 100%. Because now you put it in the same conversation where he's been to five finals, right? He's been to five, won three out of five. But if he goes here and wins this, that's four out of seven. And he lost to LeBron twice. It's okay. You could lose to LeBron. Once. He only lost to LeBron once. Second time was uh, Kawhi. Oh, that's right. He lost to LeBron, he lost to Kawhi. Like, that's fine. Go ahead. You know? Yo, and the thing is, like, when you look at those series, like when he lost to Kawhi, like that Raptors team was legit. And it was just Steph in the end. You lose Clay at the end and you lose Kevin Durant. And all you had was Draymond and a, and a broken down Boogie Cousins. <laughs> so, Shout out to Boogie Cousins for that one stretch. What was that, like game two last series where he just went off? Or like game yeah, four? Yeah, 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 yeah. He had to <laughs> turn back the clock for one game. You're like, whoa, all right. If this is the Boogie that we're going to get, that's wild. So, Look, that series, like, and you can kind of, you can get it. Because Steph gets a lot of hate. I don't, I don't get why he gets so much hate, man. He's just an awesome player. Greatest shooter to ever play. Well, I know because, because I, I know who, I know who it's, I know it's most of LeBron fans that yeah, are just going after Steph because exactly. That's what he tarnished. Because he tarnished LeBron's le- legacy. And so everyone just got to hate on it. So whatever. Um, and because he, he runs away after he shoots a basket. That's annoying. And shoot and chews on his mouthpiece. Like my mom, anybody, any casual basketball fan who watches Golden State says the same thing. That's disgusting. What is he doing? Like he's making a show. Like he knows. You know what I mean? So he wants the attention. He's getting it. He 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 shoots a shot. He runs halfway down the court before it goes in. He wants attention. So he's getting it. Hey man, it's like LeBron before every game throwing baby powder up in the air, right? You like the chalk? <laughs> To show, it's however they want to like make their symbol, whatever. But before we get out of here, John, question on on the Heat Celtics game because look, uh, Jimmy Butler is back in tonight after some his knee flaring up. Heat are just struggling to shoot right now, which is not shocking. This team is this team is gritty, but they're not really good offensively. But last night or two nights ago. We saw the Celtics have over 20 plus turnovers and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish, I wish everyone could see this. I wish everyone could see this tweet. If you don't know, uh, obviously because we follow the Jets, there's a new beat writer going to a second year on the Jets beat, uh, DJ Biennemi. And he's a big Miami guy. Dolphins, Heat, and uh, just sent out a tweet saying, Bam turning right back into Kwame Brown is disappointing. <laughs> that is tough. That Very is tough. tough. That Very is tough. tough. That is tough. Um, but do you think the Celtics will win this series, man? Or do you think the Heat's going to win this? Because this is a very weird series, like watching it going back and forth like this. Just is. Like, yeah, the Celtics have over 20 plus turnovers last game, but yet they were in it towards the end. Granted, Jimmy was out, but Jimmy wasn't really doing much. Is it? Is this a thing where you're saying, all right, Boston was in that game. Boston's got the talent. They got the depth. They're going to win this thing. Or is Miami just going to grit this thing out and win it? What do you think? 
So you're asking me if I should take Miami live. That's what you're asking me, right? Essentially? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> All right. What's the line right now? Oh, my God. It's plus 1,800. Yes. You should take <laughs> the Miami at plus 1,800. But I wouldn't put too much money on it. I wouldn't put the rent on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I, I would sprinkle plus 20 and a half and then plus 1,800. Okay. All right. I think they, I think they could close it into under twenty. <laughs> okay. 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 You still got the Celtics win in the series? I think Celtics in seven. Yeah, that seems about right that, for the series. I think that Scott Foster is going to make Dallas go six, at least. <laughs> that man's a menace. Scott <laughs> uh, <laughs> Foster extending games. That should, the one that got away was the Brooklyn Nets and the Celtics. He's like, damn it. I found you, Adam Silver. <laughs> the one, the one that got away. That man's looking at his picture, like, damn it. Actually, that funny. Oh man! All right, that's. I think that's enough, man. I think we. I think we covered everything for today. Got in some Mitch talk, got in some wing depth talk, got in some uh, playoff basketball. So thank you everyone for tuning for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. You know what to do. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, Unit. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on fan-sided. If you guys want to stream us on the internet, make sure to go check out the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. Why? Because we're partnering with fan-sided and Minute Media, so we're also there as well. We're also on YouTube. Next comment, Jets comment, ETC, period. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave a comment. Add to the conversation. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know what you guys think about Cam Reddish. Whether you think we have enough wings on this team. Whether or not we should draft a center. I know we're looking for a point guard. Do you guys think there's a point guard in this draft that Nick should take? Let us know, all right? Let us know what you think about Mitchell Robinson as well. And if you want to talk to us about playoff basketball, we just love basketball, so make sure to chime in there as well. And as you see, John is quite the gambling expert guru. He said, don't put the rent on it if you're wanting to take Miami live right now. You can't do that because this is recorded, so... Sorry, guys. You missed a chance to do so. But I took 20 and a half while we were talking. Nice. See, there you go. This is what John does. <laughs> but if you want to hear more about this, make sure to go check out Winning Picks Weekly. It's also on this uh, on the YouTube page. All right. Also, partner with Minute Media. So you can go uh, find the podcast over there as well. And it was not to John, but you got our video producer, Greg, co-host, and our guy, Chip Murphy. All right, these guys go through everything, NBA, NFL, PGA, MLB, NHL, you name it. They got These guys got you covered, all right? These guys got you covered. But make sure to bet so responsibly. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. And thank you for Brooke Lopez for coming on in the first five minutes and giving us his takes on what's it like to play with Giannis and the rest of the team. We out. I think Brooke will be back for the Jets and winning Knicks Weekly episode. <laughs> Hopefully not, though. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Still green and white, right? <laughs> let's go, Knicks. Let's go, Rangers. And let's go, Knicks.